Ian Finance, welcome to the Hell Fucking Yeah podcast, man. Hell Fucking Yeah, all right. Hell Fucking Yeah. Um, so how's, uh, how's life going in the uh, end of times era we're in here? I mean, it's going, you know, some, some days you're hanging by a, a thread or a rope, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> the good days, bad weeks, what can you do? Everyone's going through it. You just got to kind of push forward and get through the pain and know that something good's going to be on the other side. Absolutely, man. I mean, the next couple of weeks, you know, I rarely get into politics, but it's so, you know, prevalent now with, you know, everything that's going on. Uh, so yeah, the next couple of weeks should be interesting. I mean, For sure. interesting <laughs> is uh, a nice word to use. I would think. I uh, know, I'm too nice. Scary, uh, but you know, it, yeah, <laughs> I, you just can't pay too much attention to it. Oh, I don't. I really, I don't even know. Any, I don't know much about it. I know what I know, you know what I mean? Uh, from Facebook or whatever, but I don't uh, seek I, it. I don't go I don't on, seek it out. I'm not on Facebook anymore yeah i'll go on facebook i just do it for this otherwise yeah. i would be with you i totally yeah. <laughs> it's uh everyone you know especially when people in your family and things like that everyone's on there and they'll have their opinion and they need to say it for some reason why well, i, I can't gets, imagine what it's know? like out on long island you know i oh. i got off speaking of family this is a funny thing i found i found like an old screenshot from like uh a cousin that i since I was like eight, I've seen maybe less than five times. Right. Um, but uh, fuck, I'm trying to find this picture. Oh, oh, oh. He goes, there it is. <laughs> there it is. That was the Lord. Let me know I shouldn't out my cousin. But fuck this guy. He sent me on Instagram a DM that was like, what a fag for something. And I was like, no, but it's like, you are? And he goes, nah, over here hoping all fags catch the gay cancer and die. And I'm like, are you for real or is this like a joke? And he goes, I'm 100% serious. And I go, okay, cool. I fuck men. Call me a fag. Do you want me to die? And he goes, if what you say is true, then yeah. And I sent him a message that was like, hey, um, you probably don't love yourself because there's no other reason you'd have that kind of hate in your heart. I hope one day you find peace. Until then, keep your bullshit to yourself. And if I see you at a family function, I'm going to knock your jaw out. And then I go, I hope your kids date outside their race and find themselves in a loving homosexual relationship. <laughs> Whoops. Response. Best response of all time. That's so that's kind of why I'm not on Facebook <laughs> anymore. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. So, you know, like I said, I usually keep out of this stuff, but. I had to throw up something last night. Just it was just a realization I came to. Um, I'm gonna find it because I forgot what exactly what I wrote. Here we go. So I said, take this as you will, but I just realized something. Trump supporters are like the biggest fanboys, you know. And it's not even an insult. Like I'm a fanboy. I'm a fanboy of comedy and music and film. Uh, but with the hat, T-shirt, stickers, flags, and homemade signs, even posters on the lawn, super cute. So it was all fine until the super cute thing. That's when people got really upset. So uh, one of my other friends wrote, Trump fans took fanboy classes from early 2000s ICP fans. Ah. I, thought that, I thought that was great. And then I came, I, you know what? I'm going to trademark this right here, right now. It's uh, 317 <laughs> on October 13th on the Hell Fucking Yeah podcast. I call them Trumpalos. 
I think, ah, yes. I think that's a good one. It may, may exist, but if it doesn't, well, I heard it here first. It's interesting <laughs> a lot of people uh, give the Juggalos shit and like shit on ICP and shit on the gathering of the Juggalos, but they are a community of oddball freaks that love each other. Oh, and yeah. Invite anyone into their community and accept people and spread love and have yeah. found each other. And uh, I, I think that's really wonderful. And I think that gets lost because it's so easy to go, oh, ICP, blah, blah, blah. But you're totally right. Like Trump fans have, I mean, it's a sport. They wear their, their player's jersey. They go to the game. They chant, you know, they stand for the Pledge of Allegiance, you know, yeah. or whatever, or the fucking national anthem they want to see their their favorite guy up to bat and every time he hits a home run to them and they go fucking nuts you know it's right it's gross and at the same time it's like they insult people like that they insult um let's use i and saint clown pots he's a perfect example you know they would look down on those people but they're doing the same fucking thing it's just instead of face paint it's a hat and stupid shirts yeah, and sayings I mean, and bullshit every, every we're steeped in so much hypocrisy and that's what i don't like i don't like hypocrisy maybe because i see it in myself in certain things <laughs> but i really dislike hypocrisy and you see it on both sides so more often than not i i find myself in the middle because i think both sides are hypocrites i think both sides are you know pieces of garbage when you get to certain extremes but there's yeah. really no place in the middle it's like on either side if you're in the middle Black or white. You're either with us or against us. And, and I think that's, you know, extremely unfortunate, but. Yeah. And it's very clear when, in times like this, when the election's coming up, it's like, everything's like straight down the middle, 50, 50, you know? Yeah. Um, but, eh, fuck it. Let's move on. <laughs> um, so you currently live in uh, New York city. Yep. But you grew up in Delaware, right? Yeah. What was, uh, when did you move to New York city? Was it? I moved at 18. Moved at 18. So, yeah, I, I graduated high school and then I went to college in the city. I went to NYU and nice. lived in the city till uh, 2008. And then I moved back to Delaware for four years and then moved back to New York City in 2012. Wow. So, um, what's, the, what's, the, what's it like living in the city compared to like growing up in a place like that? Was it? I mean, it's. So it's weird man in in yeah. delaware you know everyone you're a big fish in a small pond you go to right. wawa you see 10 kids you play t-ball with you know <laughs> uh, you know where everything is everything's a quick drive away and even it, it's funny like you know philly i would go up every night for mics and shit there's my fucking power <laughs> good god damn it you know what's happening i can i can hear there the battery's not charging when it goes off so it's almost knocking out the whole thing. It's not just the light. I know. Okay. Right? Cool. Yeah. Um, so, oh yeah, I would go to Philly every night for open mics. It's like 45 minutes away. And there's this mentality in Delaware that like everything's so, Philly's so far. Let's just hang out at the bar, you know, that's seven minutes away or whatever. And, you know, Pennsylvania is so far. This is so, you know, everything is kind of like close in Delaware, but then you move to New York and you think, Oh, from Brooklyn to Queens, it's 45 minutes, you know, even from like, you know, my spot to like stand up New York on the Upper West Side can be 30 to 45. So every it's, it's weird. I, I would think that, you know, like 
driving in Delaware and taking the train in New York are almost analogous to get to certain places, but you think it's so far and then you come to New York and it's like, well, I got to go there anyway. So it's not, you know, you're doing that trek every day, but I got, when I moved to New York, I was really intimidated. I didn't leave like a five block radius of where I lived for like two years. Like I didn't get the New York experience. I didn't go see things. I didn't, you know, when I would go somewhere, I'd take a cab because I was so scared of the subway like getting lost or, you know, sure. the people, like the very first time I rode the train, some homeless guy, it was, so I moved here in August of 2003. So it wasn't even two years after 9-11 and everyone in, everyone in every small town thought that they were, that, you know, terrorism was a threat to them, you know? Right, so right. <laughs> I was in Delaware and, and everyone's like, you're going to New York? You're going to be in the seat. You're going to get attacked. You're going to die. The crime. We watch TV and think that that's what New York is. Right. So I, I went there my first time on the train. A um, uh, homeless guy was like, attention, ladies and gentlemen. And I put my head in my <laughs> knees. I felt that it was going to be like an attack. And uh, he came up and was like, what's the matter? You ain't never seen a mm-hmm before. And I was like, oh, no. I'm from Delaware. I haven't, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no um, shortage of surprises when you go to New York City. Um, I'm an hour from there on the train, you know. Um, we go every now and then. We go to shows and things like that. It's usually short doses. Um, yeah. I mean, not anytime recently, but. Uh, well, it's like yeah. a thing of like, you know, <laughs> drinking in New York is a marathon because bars close at four. Yeah. Bodegas are open 24 hours a day. And it would be, always be fun to see my friends come to visit. And by like, cause in Delaware bars close at one. Yeah. And uh, you would have to drop, we would get in the car all sauced up and then drive to Pennsylvania to get more drinks in by two. Cause they close at two. Right. So it's like a marathon. My, my friends would be like shitty drunk at like midnight. And I'm like, Oh, we haven't even gone to the first place yet. Like you could have, <laughs> yeah. you know, really learn how to like fucking drink oh yeah absolutely uh, same thing on the island four o'clock um oh totally plus so, you, you guys know, you're going out to eat at five in the morning you know what i mean <laughs> right and then you guys gotta add on all the pills you do to the alcohol so it's a real <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah there's all kind of heroin's huge out here man i'm not i'm not into it but big big big, big stuff going on out here um <laughs> but yeah going to the city and seeing something you know I mean, when I was younger, maybe it was scarier, but now it's like, I see someone walking down the street in like a tinfoil suit and I'm just like, ah, it's, it's like totally normal. <laughs> oh yeah. His name is Judah in the village. Yeah, you know, he, you know he, him. <laughs> shine shoes. Yeah. The black guy with tinfoil in his hair. Yeah. I'm just That's Judah. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. There's a, there's a black guy with tinfoil in his hair. Nicest guy in the world. He does. Yeah. <laughs> so for, you know, other people listen to this, like all over the country and even other parts of the world. Um, yeah. There's a guy named Judah. West Village, hanging out by the cellar. Get your shoes shined by two. <laughs> Best shoes shine in the world, baby. That's awesome, man. Um, so how long have you been doing comedy? Uh, 10 years. 10 years. Wow. So what made you want to get into it? I don't know. I was always funny. And it was always like my teachers were always like, your son has a lot of energy. He should be a comedian or an actor, but he should also not do that in my class. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I don't know, I was always a ham. I, I love attention. And, you know, I, I, um, 
always wanted to try it. So, so I did and you know, I loved it. Absolutely. So was it better or worse? Um, I mean, you know, for 10 years, but when you first started, how was it like, um, were you nervous a lot or did you, oh, you lost your light again? It's all right. <laughs> we can cut all this out or we can leave it if it's funny. We'll see. Right. Leave it to see my frustration. Yeah. <laughs> people are dying from COVID. Lives are getting lost. People, people all over the world are losing their homes. And I'm like, my ring light's going out. <laughs> New Yorkers, you know, <laughs> we think uh, everything revolves around us. In a way, it kind of does. So, yeah. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> I very much suffer from being the piece of shit at the center of the universe, you know? <laughs> yeah, we all do, man, in a way. Um, so, yeah, starting out, because I've always loved the art of comedy, and I've always wanted to try it myself, but I never had the, like, I don't know, I was always just nervous to go up in front of somebody. The balls. The balls, you know? I mean, even this, for me, takes balls, like, talking to people and being on a camera and... Totally, listen to my voice yeah. and all this stuff. So this is kind of new to me, yeah. but uh, for someone like you, yeah. you know, what um, was it like, were you like ready to go when you went up on stage or was it like, holy fuck? <laughs> I mean, well, I'm going to be honest when I was 19. So like when I went to college, uh, like friends of mine were running for like president of their dorm and they'd let me like write their speech or whatever, you know? Sure. And uh, I do like fake monologues about my friends in front of them and stuff like that. And so I was like 19. I walked by Boston comedy club and saw a thing that was like show or whatever. I was like, so I called this number and the guy was like, Hey, you bring like five friends, you get, you know, five minutes of stage time, whatever. So all my friends in the dorm and everything were like, we're going. So I went to like two open mics and I wrote my little act and then I did the thing and it went like super well. And the guy like loved it and was like, Hey, I want you to perform at the improv, which is now Broadway comedy club up on like 53rd and eighth. And, uh, I, he called me in my dorm room phone and was like, listen, you got what it takes. You could be on stage and Dave Chappelle could walk in and want you to go on the road with them and la la la. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to be a star. <laughs> but really he just wanted me to keep, filling the audience with my dumb college friends. So he asked me to like host a show and a New York comedy club. And I did it. And I was like, so cocky. I didn't know that you like, like bombing and failing was a part of it. I, every time I'd been on stage, it was like, I got laughs. Cool. But I didn't know that like you were supposed to like write all the time and fail. And that's a part of it. So I hosted and I was like, I'm so good. I can just go up there and talk. And it just like did not translate. I was terrible. People walked out and I stood outside the club and individually apologized to everyone for how bad I did when they left. <laughs> and that was in like May of like 2004 or whatever. And I never did it again until 2011. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah. So then when, when I did it in 2011, I again, like went up and it was like, great. And that night someone was like, Hey, there's another open mic. I was like, okay. And, uh, but I like learned that you had to like bomb and be bad to get better, you know, which is so difficult. But I also went up with a friend in Philly and that was fun. And, you know, we had a good time. And then it was like every night you're searching for like another open mic and Philly had such a 
seeing that you could get up like every night and everything it would be at like 2 a.m but you were like so what you hang out with your friends and blah 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 and you know it was uh i would in between that show when i was like 19 and and um when i did it again at 20 i don't even count when i was 19 because it, it it was such a fucking whatever but i i would always like write out like if you did stand up what would your act be and i would like write out things you know right so would you say like learning from that experience that now when you go on stage now are you just i mean obviously things are written out but are you just yourself is that like your did you ever have to hone in on your craft like as far as your comedic timing delivery or is that just you i think that's like the goal is to be as authentically yourself but i mean i'm i I play like an exaggerated version of myself like i'm i'm very like not like reserved, but when I'm on stage, I like turn it on to be like more energetic and like throw myself. But that's like a version of myself for sure. But the goal is to just talk in jokes and be able to go up there and be yourself. Obviously you've like written material, but the material comes out in a way that it's very, um, you know, it's in your pocket that you pull out around like joke, jokes, that's that's it. Sure. Yeah. Also, I have to keep getting mad about this because my battery is so low. I did like two other podcasts today and (laughs) I didn't have my thing plugged in. So I am just like, great. My battery is, I am going to be like, you know, and, and I was in the set and then it's like, you know, it's happened a few times, but yeah, it's, uh, it comes with the territory, I guess. Um, so do you feel comedy is becoming too safe? I mean, I don't know. It's like people whine. It's like, who gives a fuck? You know, I think it just pushes people to talk about things in another way. You can't just be like, oh, look at this guy. He's a fucking retard. It's like, if you say that, it's like, you know, grow grow up. But right, I think right. you can say the word retard in a way that's funny. You know, it. it a, a lot of it's not even what you say. It's how you say it. But... I think, um, you know, the whole, like, I mean, there are definitely some things you can't say. It, it's it's like Chris Rock when he did, uh, you know, N-words versus uh, N-words, you know? Yeah. That took him, like, six to nine months to, like, fail every night and say, and blah, 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 blah. Right. And I don't think you could get to the point where you could do that now without, like, I mean, at the cellar, it's great because they lock up their phones, but nobody's like doing that kind of material. And then like someone can rat to the press or whatever, or, like talk about it later, you know. Um, but I think I think not just comedy. I think everything's affected by this whole like whiny culture of like, you can't do this and don't ba-ba and then nah, nah. And it's rarely from the people of the group that are being spoken about. You know, it's always someone speaking on behalf of the other person. But I've noticed, you know, New York is changing so much because of COVID. And I think um, comedy, I think, has changed for the better. I, I don't know what's going to happen with the winter, but I'm, I'm, you know, cautiously optimistic that shows will keep up outdoors. People wear blankets, sure. blah, blah. But I think um, the the people coming to these shows, the way New York has adapted is that we are now doing shows on rooftops, in streets, on sidewalks, in parks. 
you know, sure. in like uh, vestibules in Central Park, you know, the South Ferry, Staten Island Terminal Ferry, you know what I mean? And the people that are coming to these shows are actively seeking it out. They, they have to find an Instagram account, DM for a location, you know, you have to like PayPal money, you have to do all this extra shit instead of just innocently walking by and going, huh, what's this? Right. I mean, some people in the parks do, but for the most part, and I've noticed that the crowds, they can get tired, they can get like, meh, but I've noticed that they're way more on board with wild shit than before, because these are people that are actively seeking refuge and humor, and they're actively we're cooped up in our houses all day. We no longer have options for other entertainment. You can't go to a fucking bar and see a band. You can't even go to a bar because it gets to capacity. Yeah. So these are things that people are doing to actively seek out respite from the, the horrible situation that we're living in. And I feel like because we're living in such a hellscape, it gives people more of a sense of morose, dark humor that they can appreciate rather than before where people would just get upset at, you know, certain things or whatever. And, and, and if you're living in a global pandemic and you walk outside your door and you see people in mass and you see people not being able to go into places because of a deadly virus for you to get upset about Bill Burr's monologue shows that you come from such a place of privilege that you should fucking, you know, stick your head in the toilet and give yourself a swirly because you don't deserve to be, <laughs> actively taking in other you know yeah forms of culture because you're you're too busy living in your own fucking world absolutely um do you like, i also i also hate hate being edgy for the sake of edgy yeah. like i i really hate like like uh a lot of shit that's like you you're just saying it to be like whatever like i can have fun with that if right. if we're in on the joke and it's like we're saying because we know we shouldn't say it so we say it and it's like with a wink but if you are just like saying it nonchalantly just to like be like, oh, you think I can't say it? I'll say it. It's yeah, like, yeah, blah, yeah. blah, what a fucking yeah. eye roll. That's boring uh, at, at this point in time. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's really interesting. That's really cool. That, uh, and, it's, and, it's, it's, and it's funny. I was at Stress Factory with Ari Shafir Saturday. And uh, it, the second crowd kind of sucked. They were all just like boring. They weren't... <laughs> Uh, I hate to say it, but I kind of like it. <laughs> so funny. They, the second crowd was Trump supporters, and they were getting more offended than other people. You know what I mean? They right. were like, oh, you get abortion. Oh, no. Oh. Right. You know, and it's so funny that the right gets offended more than the left sometimes, you know, oh, which yeah. is so sanctimonious. The, the, the left gets offended out of being like butthurt and like, I'm not racist. And then the right gets butthurt about being sanctimonious. Like the, the sanctity of a marriage is something you should never make fun. Right. It's like, what? I yeah. cannot see that you are that. But in the bathroom, <laughs> these two like hood black dudes came up to me and they were like, yo, Thank you. Thank the other comics. Thank you for, for not being this pussy ass soft, whatever. Like you guys push the envelope and you say edgy shit. And it's not, it's like funny and it's not like dumb. And I was like, wow, I did not 
my racism came out of being like, I didn't expect you guys to like fucking yeah. black <laughs> jokes and stuff, you know? Yeah. You guys rule. You know? Yeah, it no. Great. Yeah, no, it's cool. It's like it shows a, an open mind in people that totally and people that others would think like he's closed minded and he's this one thing just by looking at him. That's one of the coolest things to me about comedy, actually, is that you can um, expose other people's uh, even, I guess you can say, stereotypes mm-hmm. and make it in a way so that that those group of people can laugh and the other group of people can laugh at the same yeah. time in the same room it kind of it brings people together yeah. I, don't, yeah, totally. I could have found better words to say that but you get what i'm saying <laughs> and, and it makes you it makes you a better comic for having to see that hurdle and jump over it sure you know? sure instead of like you were saying before like when someone just tries to be shocking it's just all right whatever right but if you're actually trying to do something with your words yeah, it could still be offensive and it could still be funny and over the edge, but but they they people can know that they're not coming from a malicious place, right. and that's what's that's what's so cool right. about it, you know. That that's why I love Dina Hashem. She's so smart and she's so funny, and she talks about these topics, controversial topics, and you actually have to listen in order to get it and laugh. And if you yes. take you hear a word and you go, ah, you're not going to get how great the fucking joke is, you know. Right. Right. So like someone like Anthony Jeselnik or like Lisa Lampanelli or people like that who are over the top. Oh, Lisa Lampanelli can't do her shit anymore. She turned, she knew yeah. <laughs> she, she was dead in the water. So she turned into a motivational speaker. No shit. And behind the scenes, she's a real fucking cunt, which is hilarious, but you know. Uh, uh, that's great. But yeah, people like that though are able to take the, take a, the awful fucking joke and no, you'll know that they're, they don't really mean it, but that you know where it's coming from and you can't deny that you've thought about it before you're, and you, well, you're the, in your own way something happened the other night where there's this great comic john f o'donnell and he does this thing where he like drags you into like a bit and then like explain and like it's just so funny and he was being ironic about the indigenous people of bolivia because he's bipolar and he needs lithium but the indigenous people of uh bolivia have like the monopoly on like some sort of uh element that you need to make the lithium so he like talks about how these people need to be defended but then in the next uh bit he's like fuck the indigenous people bolivia because they have the stock on lithium which i need you know so it's like ironic he's being selfish about it but he goes, fuck the indigenous people of Bolivia. And some guy in the crowd's like, fuck you, fuck you. Yeah. And he stayed in it and was like, you're not waiting for the rest of the joke where I'm clearly being ironic when I say fuck the blah, blah, blah. And everyone was like dying. And it like put these guys in their place in a way that didn't like speed bump the show, which I thought was like brilliant, you know? Right. Yeah, I, I think most great comedy comes from tragedy, you know? Well, actually, me and Christopher, we talk about this all the time. Um, it comes from a dark place, you know? Uh, but in order to take a dark subject and bring it to light and make people laugh about it is a gift, you know? And we should all appreciate that. And it could all help us in many aspects of our life, you know? Yeah, well, I think that's why so many... This, you can do stand-up like two or three times a, a night here in the city now because everything is so dark and bleak. 
right. and we're like playing the violins on the Titanic when it's sinking, mother. <laughs> oh man. They're up. Cool. We're back. What uh? What do you think is causing that problem? The uh, lights and the camera. I don't know. I, I my like <laughs> my adapter. I thought I thought I got a good one from Amazon. I think it's from China. It's like a Lention, <laughs> and I've never heard of it before. But I just bought it at the beginning of the pandemic. Right. And like panic bought it, and uh, it just <laughs> is not holding up. Try some of this stuff. I'm, I'll cut this out, obviously. But try some of this stuff. Uh, you got this spray. Try it in the context. Oh, yeah. I used to inhale yeah. that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely not cutting that out now. <laughs> yeah. I used, to, I used to fucking... That shit's dangerous, man. If you, like... Industrial. That shit gets so cold. Yeah. You can, like... You can, like, remove a finger with it. it you can, like... What, you can, <laughs> it's horrible. It's fucking crazy, but it works. <laughs> um, yeah, it gets you fucked. Yeah. So... Obviously, no touring or anything like that right now. Um, do you see anything happening next year as far as like, I mean, nobody knows anything. Everything's so uncertain. But is there like any specials lined up like tentatively or anything? I, I don't know. It, it's, I, had, I had a whole tour set up at the end of March into April and May of like headlining clubs. And then that all got canceled. And I'm, you know, I got the gigs because I'm like fucking funny, but I don't have like the biggest draw in the world, but the clubs like me and we're like, we're bringing you in. Obviously it'll be like our mailing list audience, but we think like, you know, word will get out and more people will come, will come and blah. So that was like, great, you know, because I, I have a following, but it's not like I can't sell out, you know, right. but now clubs have to bring in comics that are like automatic sellouts so that they can, you know, pump more money. And I, and I get that. So nothing's going to be on the table till like t late 2021. And my agent is like coming back every day with bad news and a lot of other comics too, you know, but it's like, you know, you just got to make your own shit. And so I've pivoted and, you know, yeah. I, I'm making sketch stuff, which has always been fun, but you know, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen in a year, you know? Sure. So. Um, people have been doing, I've seen comedians or musicians do like, um, virtual, you know, shows and things like that. Anything like that? Or is that something you're not into? Yeah. I mean, I do zoom, zoom shows. I, I do zoom corporate events, which okay. is great, but yeah, you know, um, it's, it's all going to go back to zoom and live stream once the winter comes, I think with outdoor standup dying down, but who knows, California might pick it up and we might all ship out there to get you know, stage time. So no, nobody really knows, you know, and, yeah. and, and all I can do is speculate, but you know, don't take my word for it. I, I'm not a, no, nobody's really an expert on what's going on. We're all kind of experiencing it together as it comes. Sure. Absolutely. Um, so you've been featured on late night with Seth Myers. You've written for roast masters uh, and crank anchors too, right? On comedy central. Um, yeah. I, I was a contributing writer and then I, I did punch up for uh, crank anchors. Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, I love that show, man. Uh, you've even had some roles in TV shows and stuff, um, like The Last OG and things like that. Uh, what can we expect next from that? Like, you working on any kind of show or? Um, I mean, we're trying to pitch. That? We're trying to pitch uh, two shows and networks right now. And it's just all the notes you get are like, well, what about 
COVID. <laughs> you know, yeah. you can't have you can't have a restaurant scene. You can't, you know, right. blah blah. So no, everything changes everything. Parsed down, and you know, it's such a long process of you know putting it together and then pitching it and then getting notes and getting no's and then getting yeses and then having people you know attached to it and everything so um me and my writing partner filming uh like uh proof of concept for this show we're we're pitching so we're going to be working on that um pretty intensely for the next couple weeks and we're planning to shoot in the beginning of november so you know we'll see what happens great great so where can everyone, I mean, you're on YouTube. Um, is there anywhere else you want to send people for like your videos or, or yeah. your Zoom shows and things like that? I, my Instagram, I, I post everything on there. It's at Ian Fidance, I-A-N-F-I-D-A-N-C-E. And um, that's where I post, you know, shows and sketches. And I'm really active on there with, um, you know, different dumb little things I do. And um, I need to be more active on my YouTube page. That's something I need to start, you know, Putting, so that'll be the next adventure. That's <laughs> that's what I'll that's what I'll work next. And it'll be hard to uh, my YouTube channel when I throw my computer out a window. But we'll see, and we'll make it work. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I hear you, man. I've been completely uh, misnaming friends of mine. I've been completely, uh, totally saying, thinking someone is someone else. I went up to <laughs> this dude the other night, and uh, there's this comic named Kofi Thomas, who okay. is, uh, he like gave everything up, and now he volunteers at like a community garden, and he gives out seeds to people in the neighborhood so they can like sure. plant their own food. And I go up to him the other night, and I go, hey, man, I, I wish I had the courage to do what you do. What you do is great, man. And he goes, uh, what do you mean, stand up? And I go, no, the gardening. He goes, who do you think I am? And I go, uh, Kofi? <laughs> and he goes, I'm Tawanda. And I was like, oh, my God, dude, I am so sorry. I thought another guy was fucking my friend Chris. And, and I'm getting weirded out because I, I get recognized on the street for, like, comedy. Right. Which is, like, wild to me. And... But also friends come up and they're like, hey, and I can't see with the mask. So the other night outside the show, this guy goes, hey, Ian. I go, who are you? And he goes, I'm, I'm a fan. I, I like you and your comedy. I was like, oh, cool. Thanks. Nice to meet you. And I was like weirded out because so many people, I'm just misidentifying them that yeah. I'm just greeting people with, who are you? Yeah, it happens, man. I, uh, I do the same thing too. I mean, it's, I forget people's names all the time. Um, yeah. so everyone's, Hey man, what's up, man. But <laughs> hey, dude. yeah. <laughs> so, so favorite New York city pizza, <laughs> Joe's pizza, uh, bleaker and Carmine in the West village mozzarella slice. Nice. Uh, is it thin, thick? What is it? Thin. Yeah. Thin, yeah. Thin. Okay, I like and that. I get them, I have them put in the oven for like 30 seconds, just a little warm up. And I just chomp down on it. Nice. Um, mm -hmm. So this is a hard one. And I know you're into punk, ska, and things like that. So I don't know if you can narrow it down, but favorite punk record? Uh, Operation Ivy Energy. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, they're yeah. great, man. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Favorite comedian? And also uh, uh, Bad Brains, 
their EP Eye Against Eye, but also uh, their uh, original, their self-titled. Yeah. Yeah, you can have like 20 of them. You can keep going if you want. <laughs> um, favorite comedian? Of all time? Yeah. I know. Uh, <laughs> I have to say Bill Hicks. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's phenomenal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, favorite curse word? Fuck. Fuck. I so, say it all the time. Yep, that's usually everyone. Or faggot. Well, that is yeah. such a good. <laughs> well, that's, well a good... that's more like a derogatory slur. Not a... Ah, yes, yes, yes. I guess. No, but I, 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 I don't know. I say the word. I say fucking fucking way too much. It's like a very Delaware, uh, Del Delco thing to be like, yeah, fucking. Um, it's just like a placeholder when you don't have thoughts. Oh yeah, I know. I do it all the time. I do it on this. Yeah, so I've been I've been trying to I've been trying to cut that out in my act and everything to be mindful of like, don't say that, you know. Right, right. Uh, favorite TV show could be old, current. Uh, you now. South Park. <laughs> what is it? South Park. Oh, South Park! Hell yeah! Did you see the pandemic special? I saw parts of it. I I, I <laughs> didn't uh, watch the entire thing. It was amazing. Yeah, must must watch it. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to share my screen. Okay. Oh, boy. Oh, no, they're good. They're good ones. <laughs> All right. You should see my screen now. Yeah. I'm so jealous of a background that doesn't have a million files on it. Oh, yeah, dude. I have OCD, so I can't have anything on it. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> a blessing and a curse the fuck is this no 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 what is this oh i hit the wrong thing okay there we go all right obviously that's you there yeah did you have a, did you have a podcast by the way or do you still Jeffrey Tice. yeah i did it was called ian finance's wild world and uh the tag was that it uh in, in interestingly enough it's not always funny but funnily enough it's always interesting yeah. And I would interview uh, people I thought were interesting, a lot of musicians. Um, and I didn't really have comics on to like shoot the shit. Maybe I, I'm thinking about bringing it back, uh, but I would need a producer because I did it all myself and it was just like so much work. But I also have so much free time. So it might be a good project to work on. Yeah. And that's funny because that's essentially what I'm doing here. It's like I'm just talking to people I find interesting or, you know, especially musicians comedians and things like that so yeah cool. yeah it's tough though because i i uh i think i got way too personal with it you know mm. and yeah. uh that you know can be a blessing and a curse i think absolutely yeah i try uh, to balance it out oh so jealous <laughs> i want to fucking i want to fire up so bad right now you want to fire up what a cigarette oh you don't you know i was going to talk about cigarettes later on because i have some pictures your light went out. <laughs> um, you don't smoke anymore? No, I do, but I'm not, I'm not smoking. Ah, uh, I'm in a garage. Yeah. Oh, okay. You I'm in a garage like, for a reason. You're also, you're also on Long Island, so it's yes. totally acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in uh, Williamsburg. We kind of live a little differently. Yeah. <laughs> so this first picture... Um, is 
uh, it looks like you're on the news here. Uh, is this New York news? I can't read. Yeah, New yeah, York. Yeah, yeah, it was New York, New York one. Um, so I'm just uh, explaining for the people listening. There's, you know, it's current. There's people with masks on behind them. So what are they interviewing you about? <laughs> they were interviewing me. It was for uh, a rally for comedy clubs to open up. Okay. And I asked them, I was like, do you want me to be in a mask or without a mask? And I'm like, it's up right. to you. I was like, all right. Can you hear me better? No mask. And a buddy came up during the interview and was like, put on a fucking mask. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I didn't see this clip actually with me without a mask, but I, I, they were like, what do you think? I was like, I think Cuomo and de Blasio are fucking clowns. They're not paying attention to us. They're not letting us open up They're, They They got no idea what real comedy is. And they didn't put that in. Cause you know, Oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was, it was, it was neat to see so many people come together to try to um, get the mayor and the governor to listen to us. If they're opening up bowling alleys and trivia nights, the fact that, you know, comedy can be safely done indoors and they're, they're not paying attention. Sure. You know, they're actively fucking us. They're actively taking money out of the club owners, the bartenders, the waitstaff, the comics, all, all their pockets. It's, it's, it's terrible. They're suffocating us. Absolutely, man. Yeah. I, uh, I actually owned a barbershop. Um, mm -hmm. it was just me, you know, I ran the whole thing. Um, mm -hmm. and I, I had to close down obviously. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. and then no, you know, it was a blessing in a way because now I'm doing this, this is what I always really wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And I was given the opportunity to do it. Um, I did open back up in whenever the fuck July, August. Uh, but it just wasn't there, man. It was like, there was, nobody was coming, you know? Yeah. So, so I was like, I had to make the decision to do it and, you know, I'll still do it at home. But, um, yeah, it killed it. It killed the business. Yeah. It killed a lot of businesses, obviously, and it, and it still is. It's it's sad. It's like, yeah, especially especially like creative arts. I feel like I've really been pushed down to like completely unnecessary. <laughs> totally. And, they they um, I mean, they show us how fucking obsolete obsolete we are. Yeah, and it sucks because I. I thrive for that kind of stuff, man. I, you know, it's like my whole life. I love <clears throat> everything like that. It's like <laughs> it's all I care about, really. Um, and you know, yeah, it's like I haven't seen, I've been to a movie theater, and fuck, I used to go to the movies like every week, like three times a week. I know. I just <clears throat> went to movies alone during the day right before this, and it felt so good. And yeah, like oh, I'm going to take in a film at the local cinema, and uh, yeah, you know, and then it got you know? Right. And then once again, I mean, I can't complain, you know, but I want to, I want to complain. I'm pissed off. <laughs> yeah. Um, so obviously this, you know, I wish this would have worked out, but it's, uh, it's funny though. When, when the shutdown first happened, it was like only necessities, only grocery stores. And I get it, but like, why were liquor stores open? Oh yeah. So that people could cope and not fucking, you know, Right, right. But it's not a, it's not something you need to live. So, well, it is because we're in an alcohol soaked culture. <laughs> and if people don't get their booze, they're going to revolt. And fair enough. This society yeah. we live in can't cope without some sort of uh, substance to put in their body to get be a distraction from just how fucking garbage this dumpster world is. Right. <laughs> well said. Well said. All right. So, then this next picture, uh, we got Ian on a bike, and then I've never seen something like this before. So it's like a regular bike tire in the back, and then it looks like mm -hmm. wheelbarrow tires in the front. 
-hmm. and there's a seat just like a I don't know, wooden seat with foot pedals and you're riding, are you indoors? Uh, yeah, there's a thing called bike kill. Okay. Every Halloween, uh, all the biker bicycle gangs in the city get together and they make Franken bikes where they take, as you can see, you know, wheelbarrows and put them on, you know, mountain bikes and take street bikes and they make the handlebars. So when you turn right, the, the bike goes left. And you all ride around in a huge circle and everybody throws shit at you. They throw pita bread. That goal is to get son of a fucking. <laughs> the goal. The goal is. To knock people off their bike and then you pick them up and you take their bike and it's really, really fun. And they usually do it in outdoor spaces and it's a pop up. It's secret. You find out about it, but it got broken up. I think the year before last, and they haven't done it since. Oh, that sucks. That's, seems like a lot yeah, of fun. It's really fun. Yeah. I mean, I, and I would like bring friends and we'd have such a blast. It was a really, really good time. Sure. So obviously not happening this year, but I hope it, I hope it happens again. That seems like really fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I have no background on this whatsoever. Uh, you're wearing like a, like a mechanics, you know, yeah dude this is uh, holding a gun and you got it looks like a bag of money and you're in a you're in a, you're in a house um yeah <laughs> this is for this is for a, a pilot i shot right yeah. before the pandemic actually this was shot in new rochelle in the beginning of march the first the first week of march and the day after we stopped shooting came the first covid case from that uh, lawyer in New Rochelle that spread it to his neighbor and his kids. Wow. So yeah, we were right. And then that turned into a quarantine hotspot zone. And we had just finished shooting in this mansion. I play a, a robber, me and another guy. And it's um, uh, Michael Ian Black was in it. He was like oh. the, the narrator. <laughs> he was like the main guy. And we played, it was like, a, what's that thing? Bandershoot, you know, where you choose your own adventure. So oh, that's yeah, um, the Black Mirror thing. Yeah, this is uh, Bander, like Bandersnatch, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so that's what this was. It's a pilot, and they're shopping around at Netflix and Hulu and everything. So, I I don't know what's gonna come with it, but it uh, it was really fun. But that I had to be a robber, so that's a fake gun and a fake bag of money. But it was really cool. It was it was neat to do. That's awesome, man. I hope that. I wish I could go back. Day. Yeah. God damn. I wish I could go back to that day so fucking bad. Everything would be so different. But I gotta stop living in a fantasy world, my sponsor says. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So um <laughs> obviously we got on the left here we got the Tiger King with one of his tigers. And on the right we have Ian and one of his cats. So yes, Tiger King and the Cat Queen. Um, <laughs> that yeah, I made that when Tiger King came out, when it was a simpler time during the pandemic, when yeah. everything seemed new and fresh and wonderful and not dismal, yeah. terrible and the racial yeah. hellscape that the world turned into. Yeah. We all thought, Oh, this will be over in two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> not so much. So is that, is that your cat? You have yeah, that's cat? my cat. He, he, she, do you see him? He's on his little cat shelf. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, is it a boy, girl? Yeah, his name's Samson. 
Samson. There's very, my little brother. Very cute. Mm -hmm. I was wondering what those things were behind you. Now I know. Yeah. So uh, that a, a fan a fan photoshopped that uh, <laughs> after I posted a picture of me smoking and he put that together and I think it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, I, I love when like fans and stuff always they photoshop me on like funny things and I try to like post it and uh, sometimes they do like the dumbest thing and I think it's so fucking funny and great. So yeah, it's Joe Pesci on the right and uh, Ian's on the left, but he's like. You know Daniel Stern from Home Alone. Yeah. Um, Marv. I got him. I got him. Hey, Marv. Marv. That's one right. One of my favorite characters in in a movie of all time. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and I gotta say, I mean, you would play the part just as well, man. Harry, <laughs> why the hell are you dress like a chicken? Yeah. <laughs> Whip bandits. Wow. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're up to like five or six now. Home Alone. I know. I mean, well, gonna, when when one they one. reboot it. I'll I'll be first in line for Marv. Absolutely, know? absolutely. Yeah. Just just bring this picture and be like, <laughs> here you go. <laughs> um. So here's here's Ian breaking the law. Yeah, uh, man. I'm, smoking. I'm, a little, I'm a little lawbreaker. That was at a stress factory back in uh, December, December, January. I forget. I was yeah. there with Attell. And uh, it was, uh, I mean, sold out weekend. It was fucking great. And I've been back to Stress Factory twice. Now they have the outdoor shows, which are wild. But yeah, that was indoors, man. That was, woo -hoo. Wow. <laughs> Whenever uh, Atel, Atel is like, you know, a comedy god. Oh, yeah. So wherever he goes, smoke. And I smoke too. <laughs> You know, I'm I'm like, okay, I can smoke too. You know. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same way, man. I anytime I have a chance to smoke, I am smoking. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's smoking in front of an absolutely no smoking sign, just breaking the law. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I, I put that on my story, and I put a rage against the machine, where he's like, "Fuck yeah. you, I won't do what you <laughs> tell me." Yeah. And you're doing it, man. You're raging against the machine. <laughs> you got to. Um. Next one we got. Ian smoking a, uh, what are they called? Blue? Blue. The uh, vape. Yeah. The vape pen. God damn. When was that? I think that was 2015. Okay. Yeah. Did you yeah, have a period where you... I was outside... that, that was outside a bar show that I was like producing and doing down in Gowanus. Okay. Uh, and we had like a photo shoot for the flyer and everything. God damn. That was so long ago. It's fucking amazing, dude. When when I go around the city, I can give like a New York City comedy tour of like, well, we used to do shows here, it's shut down. That used to be a venue. Oh, I bombed in there. Oh, I got my dick sucked in the bathroom after a set there. Oh, I used to have to do coke off the toilet and hold my foot up to keep the door shut in there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um did you have a period where you smoked these or do you just strictly cigarettes? No, I've tried. I've tried I always too, go yeah. back to drinking. Yeah. I, I don't I don't drink anymore. I don't yeah. do drugs. Yeah. I drink cig I, I drink coffee, I smoke cigarettes, and my other addiction is is fucking and I'm cutting that out now. So picking a real good time to just fucking raw dog life, you know? Oh yeah, man. <laughs> awesome. Um yeah, I, I smoke these things for a little bit and it's 
my doctor was like, just go back to smoking. Like these things are even worse. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll pick it up when I fucking, you know, no fucking no relationships for a while. I might just fucking smoke a cig and a blue and a fucking vape yeah. at the same time. Just try to work. Yeah, yeah. Um, God, I look so fat in this picture. Holy hell. <laughs> no, yeah, I, Ian Stanley, he looks great. And next yeah. to him is uh, Jason Biggs from American Pie. Yes. Uh, mostly known from American well, Pie. Well, I used to work at Sirius. I used to, I was on uh, Nikki's oh, yeah. show. And uh, celebrities are coming all the time, but I always get told that I look like him. And uh, <laughs> he was kind of insulted by it. And then we just posed and got the same picture. He was so cool, man. He was such a dream. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he seems really cool. Um, the, oh, so this was on Nikki Glaser's show? Yeah, you up with uh, Nikki on, on Sirius oh, and cool. Comedy Central Radio. What's it like working on Sirius? I love it, man. It, yeah. it was such a great gig. You know, you just go in, hang out with your friends, talk, yeah. meet celebrities, ask them questions. You get to riff, you know, get to yeah. really get in there. And I don't know, it was just such a good time. I, you know, I would love to work in radio again. And, and I've had, I had a radio show at Sirius for a little bit and we're in talks to do something else, but you know, who knows what's going to happen. I, I, I was in talks with, um, Ah, it doesn't matter. I'd, I'd, I'd love to, to continue working in radio. Absolutely, man. Uh, so this next picture we got, Ian, with – you look so happy here, man. Uh, you're meeting Mark, uh, yeah. Marky Ramon. Is, yeah. this, is this that serious as well? Yeah, it is, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, he leaned in and, and was like, you're a comedian. I got a joke for you. And I thought he was going to be, like, racist or whatever. And I forget the joke he told. I think it's on the description on my Instagram. But it was – I didn't even go, hey, Marky, I'm, I was like starstruck. And somebody was like, Marky, this is Ian. He's a comic. He's a huge Ramones and punk fan. I was like, oh, my God. And uh, Nikki's the one that actually put us together. And she's the one that nice. took a bunch of pictures. And I look like so smitten. And he looks like he's like dressing me down. <laughs> okay. So, man, is there anything else you want to add before we uh, take off here? No, just uh, – I don't know. Put one foot in front of the other. Try not to take it <laughs> seriously. Live in the moment. Find sure. Jesus. And uh, tell people you love them before they're gone. So I have to ask everybody, um, what, before, <laughs> when you get your life back on, I'll ask you. <laughs> All right. There we go. Take, it, take us home. All right. So on a scale from one to hell fucking yeah. How excited were you to be here today? Ah, <laughs> oh, man. I mean, is there a hell fucking fucking yeah? You know? <laughs> is, there, yeah. is there a fucking hell yeah? You know? <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And you're welcome yeah. back anytime. And we can, uh, you're not too far from me, man. If you're ever on the island, let me know. Hey, all right. And keep smoking <laughs> in the garage, bro. Oh, hell yeah. I'm going to light one up right now. Oh, I, I got to walk outside, but I'll do the same. Yeah, yeah. Be there with me in spirit. Yeah. What's your brand? What do you smoke? You know, I go out to the Indian reservations here. It's Navajo. Wow. 250 a pack, 25 bucks a carton. What? Yes. Is that, that's menthol. This is menthol, but you can get anything. You, they just don't have like Newports or Marlboros. Do they got lights? Oh yeah. Yeah. They have lights. It's, uh, you, so where are you in New York city? 
Brooklyn, Williamsburg. Brooklyn. Probably, I, probably like an hour drive. What if I Venmoed you and you sent <laughs> me a couple cars? Yeah, sure, man. Lights menthol or? <laughs> uh, you know what? Give me, give me one cart in light, one cart in red, so I can get some little flavor in my life. You know. <laughs> so regular and menthol. No menthol. Oh, a heavy one and a, and a light one. Gotcha. Light, light and heavy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, got it, man. These these yeah. brands are the best. Um, I've tried them all. Some of them are a little more expensive, but like for the most part, it's like 20, 25 bucks for a carton. Wow. Now is that do they put some sort of um hex on it since you know they might be a little <laughs> mad at us for some past transgressions? I don't That's know. Why, is that why it's so cheap? They put some fucking voodoo on us. I honestly don't know what the catch is for a dollar, but the thing is, uh, your family's gonna die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, I don't know. And as a smoker, it's like, eh, I'll take the chance, you know? <laughs> but um, it's really weird. It's like, it's almost like leaving the country when you go in there because, first of all, it's very, very hood. Very hood. Um, of course. They get no funding. They're fucking on their own. Yeah. It's, it's run by, it's run by a bunch of black dudes, honestly. It's, um, really? Yeah. As long as you have like a certain percentage of a of Native American in you, you can work there. You're actually wow. supposed to have American in, Native American in you to just buy the fucking cigarettes, but they don't tell you to check that. You know what I mean? Uh, not going to go there with like 23 and me and be like, here, I need a yeah. pack of smokes. I mean, you kind of look Native American. I guess. I don't know. They, they, don't, um, they don't even bother. They just like sell like you, you cigarettes. You, you, you kind of look like the um, <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs logo. <laughs> Actually, no, you kind of look like Chief Wahoo, the, the Indian logo. I've never had that before, and I, I think I appreciate it. It's great. Yeah. yeah you, I get Joey Fatone. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I the, you, do, I the, you do put the fat in Joey Fatone, yeah. Yeah, I get the um, the guy from the Deftones, the lead singer. Chino. Yeah, yes. yeah. Wow. But, I, but I've never gotten uh, a, a football mascot. Chief, Chief Wahoo, no. <laughs> Well, there you I, go. I appreciate it. I, I got to yeah. leave this part in for sure. <laughs> put, a, put a feather in your head and they'll just give you all the cigarettes in the world. <laughs> Seriously, man. Um, but yeah, when you, like, when you go in there, cops can go in there, but they can't do anything. Like, you, they can watch somebody being stabbed and they have to leave. And like, when you, when, if you don't die from the stabbing <laughs> and you leave, then they can like take a report. They can't do anything in there. Wow. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what. Why don't you go and I'll stay here? <laughs> yeah. So that'll that'll be the deal we work out. Making it sound so bad. It's really not that bad. But these things could happen there and, and yeah. whatever. You just go in, do your thing, and you leave. No one really bothers yeah. you. Uh, but, yeah, I'll grab you some cartons, man, for sure. Cool. Um, and that's it, man. I think that's going to wrap it up. Thank you, dude. Go smoke your cigarette, man. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Have a good it's day. A right? Thank you so much. Thanks for coming. Anytime, brother. Um, and stay in touch. Hey, all right. Bye. Right, Ian, thanks, man. How fucking